Welcome to Tramlines, a podcast from Agri. I'm your host, Tony Smith, putting your questions to the experts. In this episode, I'm talking about regenerative agriculture with farmer Tom Martin and agri-agronomist John Vickery. We will be asking the question, what is regenerative agriculture? Is it something new? And the key question, which is, what are the benefits to growers? So, well, where do we start? Well, I think the first place to start is to find out where you gentlemen are uh, in the country and uh, what you do. So, Tom, let's start with you. Uh, Whereabouts are you based? So I live and farm just west of Peterborough. We farm actually right up to the A1M uh, on a relatively heavy clay land. uh, And we have a a kind of medium sized family farm here. We farm largely combinable crops and we have a few sheep as well. Great. And you've got to tell me a little bit uh, about, about the soil types um, on your farm, Tom. It seems that you know all of the soil types that not only are on your farm, but what you can see as well. So tell me, tell me that story. That's true. Um, uh, everybody who farms clayland thinks they farm the heaviest clayland in England. Obviously, I, I'm, I'm one of them. Uh, it is relatively heavy clay soil, but, I, but we farm the highest hill in Huntingdonshire. Some people will be amazed. 130 feet above sea levels, nosebleed territory if you're from the east and the fens. Um, but if you're from the west, uh, it's just the foothills. But from, from our hill, in both directions, I can see wonderful soil. I can see lovely peaty lands to the east producing fantastic root vegetables. And to the west, I can see lovely light free draining soils. Uh, and, and I'm on a, on a fantastic clay blob here in the middle that, that, that really holds its own in dry times. Uh, and for the rest of the year, it is a bit damp and claggy. I love the way you talk about your hill. <laughs> so um, talking about going further west, uh, there we will find uh, John Vickery. John, tell us a bit about where uh, you work. Yeah, Tony, I'm based in the West Midlands uh, in South Worcestershire, but advise an area that covers the Cotswolds out into Herefordshire to the west and the Evesham and Seven Vales in between. So uh, again, like Tom, in our area, we have a, a huge range of soil and rock types uh, and our hills are slightly taller. Uh, at a thousand feet at the top of the Cotswolds, it's quite chilly and uh, the altitude really has, uh, has, has, has shown up this year. Uh, a, a huge difference from the bottom of the hill to the top of the hill. But uh, yeah, so huge range of soils where we are. Uh, heavy clay, Evesham series clay in the Vales uh, and uh, a red Herefordshire marl. Uh, and even some sandy, sandy sandstone so- soils around Worcester and Kidderminster. So uh, a, a real range, Tony. Uh, and, uh, and that's also given us a real diverse range of cropping and farming as well. I think what's fascinating about listening to you two is that, in a way, you represent such a breadth of soil types that uh, you encounter, whether it's in the farming or as an agronomist. Um, Tom, just before we move on to regenerative agriculture and, and asking that question, um, Many people will recognise your name and uh, will be aware of um, farmer time. So very quickly, what is farmer time? Because I know it's something that you're really passionate about. Yeah, thank you. We, we launched farmer time five years ago on our farm, Village Farm, uh, and we now partner with Leaf to, uh, to, to execute it. Uh, it's in, in essence, we pair farmers with classrooms. So each farmer has their own class somewhere in the UK. Each class has their own farmer somewhere in the UK. Uh, and we have a series of video calls. Uh, normally every two or three weeks for about 10 to 15 minutes the teacher will let the farmer know what they're studying in the classroom at that time be that climate change or soils or weather or microbiology or genetics you know whatever it is uh, and the farmer you know I as a farmer I'll go somewhere that's appropriate on my farm and we'll talk about 
whatever whatever's going on on the farm, whatever's happening in the countryside, and relate that back to the curriculum. So I've stood on the top of a muck heap, I've dug holes, I've seen lambs, I've I've done absolutely all sorts, uh, and it's great fun. All relates back to the curriculum. Uh, and currently we have 700 farmers taking part, always looking for more farmers to sign up at farmertime.org. What you told me right uh, at the start of the podcast, well, before we started recording, was that, in fact, you've got a real call out looking for more farmers to be able to connect them to teachers that are waiting for, um, for to uh, develop that relationship and have that connection with farmers. So good luck with that. And I hope we can come back and talk a bit more about that because it's got a global reach now, uh, as I understand it. But talking about global reach and talking about education, we ourselves are learning about regenerative agriculture. But here's the thing. What is regenerative agriculture? Maybe, uh, John, you'd like to go first from an agronomist's uh, viewpoint. Yeah, Tony, it's uh, quite a broad uh, broad name and it encompasses a lot of things, really. Uh, and I think it's, a, you know, I think it's a term that we've probably... Uh, probably heard more of over the last uh, year or, or, or two um, but I mean for me there's five key sort of areas that we need to address within 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 that terminology so uh, for, for the first part and the most part I think a lot of it will be revolving around the abandonment of, of tillage so so reducing how much you move or cultivate the soils and, and in some situations it's possible to do uh, you know very little soil movement at all with with some of the technology that we have now um, uh, a catch crop lots of different terminology there Tony but we, we we you know really having something growing in the soil and having roots in in the soil and soil cover at all times it acts really as a soil armor really if you want to look at it like that if you've got bare open soil uh, really nature doesn't do that uh, unless you're in the sort of Sahara so uh, you know having green cover is great uh, and then within that you know having the diversity of different plant species uh, so whether that's whether you're if you're growing a crop whether you can have more than one you know uh, companion cropping that type of thing uh, or if it's in grass uh, we're seeing you know much more interest in uh, these herbage lays that have uh, a diverse range of species within their swords um, and all that then comes to sort of helping water to infiltrate. And I think that's a big area that really affects everybody today, Tony. We've seen so many times over the last few decades, you know, localised flooding, uh, you know, and all these poor people where, where we get in these river valleys or um, even in, in areas where we perhaps wouldn't associate flooding. And it's a lot to do with fast runoff, rapid downfall events. But if we can actually uh, help some of that water to infiltrate rather than just run straight off the top, uh, then that, that's good and also allows us to have water available through the drier periods that we that we seem to get as well so infiltration of water uh, and finally the sort of holy grail I suppose is really to try and integrate some livestock and that is really an important part of this system and getting the nutrient cycling going. Yeah thanks John so some really uh, clear points there from uh, from your perspective Tom, on your farm, when we spoke before today, uh, you were talking about the history of your farm, the different generations uh, farming that land. Do you see this this talk of regen agriculture as something new, or have do you think your farm has seen some of these techniques before? Oh, Tony, I'm going to give you the, the political answer, which is yes and no. Well, that's um, really helpful. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there was no maybe, though. It was definitely it was either yes or no. Um, uh, we're definitely actually um, recovering some of the techniques that we that we embraced in the past. 
Um, obviously, in, in, in post-war agriculture, there was a, there was a lot of uh, new chemistry that we were able to use to, to really maximise production, but, uh, potentially at the cost of other things, um, but to really, you know, to really maximise our, our, our yields. And as we lose a lot of those actives, as we lose a lot of, those, a lot of that chemistry, we're actually having to go back and, and, and rediscover um, some some techniques that we used in the past, and often when I speak to my father, who won't he won't thank me for saying that he's uh, he's just knocked over um, his seventieth birthday. Um, he, I, I often think I'm being a bit maverick, and he says, "Oh yes, we always do, used to do under sowing, or yes, we used to do this." Um, but I think equally there are other ways. We, there there is a lot of uh, increasing knowledge in terms of soil, our biology, uh, and how things interact. Uh, and, and so we're, we're bringing in a lot of the new as well as rediscovering some of the old um, and, 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 and we're not abandoning um, what we would call conventional agriculture either. It's, uh, it, it really is uh, looking at a kind of holistic, a kind of system based approach rather than a, an A plus B equals C uh, approach. Yeah. And it's really interesting the way uh, you've reflected on you know, some of the other techniques, the, the older techniques, which are, are really important now. If, if we look at what is regenerative agriculture online, uh, you can find many research articles going back, particularly in the States, to the mid-80s, and then it seemed to go a bit quiet, and now it's very topical. John, why is this, this, this phrase, regenerative agriculture, this technique, this way of farming, why is it so topical right now? Yeah, so I think there are a number of reasons, Tony. Um, there, are, there is an increasing knowledge, I think, within the industry and an awareness of of a particularly soil and around soils. I think for the last uh, sort of decade or so, farmers have really sort of ramped that up and, and that's really that's really good. But also going further than that, we're actually seeing, I think the general um, idea of how we can use our soil and, and, and our farming techniques for the wider good. And there's a lot of talk around carbon and carbon capture and actually soil holds a huge amount of carbon and can sequester huge amounts of carbon. So again, very topical at the moment with climate change and some of the things that we've been discussing and, and, and seeing on the news. So farmers are looking, you know, at ways in which they can actually, uh, you know, bring uh, bring a, a solution and, and bring part of the uh, part of the climate uh, carbon crisis, you know, to, to, to them and actually be a, be a, be a positive uh, rather than a negative. So I think there are there are elements there, and of course um, the other thing that we've got going on, huge change for UK agriculture, is the restructure of our um, uh, of our farming farming system from the government. We, we come out of the, the EU and we uh, obviously aren't within the common agricultural policy now. And we've got a chance to structure our own policy within the UK. And I think that um, the way that we're sort of seeing things evolve through that, that, that the first snippets we're getting is, is going to be uh, along the sort of lines that regenerative agriculture brings, you know, um, to say, ticking some of those boxes, public money for public goods. I've already mentioned around flooding and water infiltration. There are some real positives there. Um, carbon sequestering, as I've just said. Um, so, um, yeah, and and um, I think really it ties in then very much to what, what Tom does with his farmer time. Actually, probably the message is getting the message out there then, Tony. So I think a lot of it is being done, you know, actually quietly uh, behind the field hedgerows where, you know, we are, we are, we've been doing this for a while. And I think there's been a gentle movement um, over the last decade or more. Um, and now it's, it's, it's really great that it's becoming a little bit more uh, into, the, into the fore and we really need to um, embrace it. 
Yeah, and some really good points there, John. Uh, thinking then about what happens at a, at a field level, at a crop output level, um, I'm really interested, Tom, what are you seeing on farm? Uh, in terms of crop output, our crop output is is being maintained. Uh, we, we really started to move across to zero tillage about three years ago. Um, I, I have tilled the field this year. I am not a, uh, a regenerative agriculture zealot and I have to deal with the conditions that are in front of me. And I think that's important that we don't just say this is this is the nirvana and everything else is a disaster that that's that's not the case at all um but really in these first three years i wanted to make sure that i was building my soil biology um trying to start building my soil carbon uh and uh, and and making sure that i was widening my rotation doing doing some of the other elements as well and we're starting to see some big differences in our soils in our soil structure in our uh, in the way that we we retain uh, and uh, and deal with water but really in these in these initial phases when i started to make some big changes i just wanted to make sure that we weren't going to be losing yield and that certainly seems to have been the case in in the last two to three years um, as we've started to move across here um, uh, and it means now that actually once we've kind of got it got into the flow of things we can start making further changes this year i'm reducing my fungicide applications or, or, or i'm not reducing i'm targeting them Far more effectively it's been quite a dry year i've been able to reduce them back and, I, and i've done that by looking at um the, the nutrient requirement of my plants as well so i've, I've got a little bit obsessive about um uh, about tissue testing about soil testing uh, and trying to to answer some of those more more diverse problems rather than just trying to find a, as i say an a plus b equals c solution my my wife said to me the other day tom you're a bit of a soil geek aren't you and i said i said i think i might be and she said it's okay i like it so it's good to be passionate about these things. Yeah, absolutely. And I can really hear that. Um, what, what do farmers notice that's different in the way the land looks with these different tillage approaches? Is, are, is there anything that looks different? Oh, well, I, I, I can definitely answer that. Um, I'm sure, John, you, you can add to it as well. Um, your farm looks a mess for, for a far greater part, portion of the year than it did under conventional tillage. Uh, and this has been a, a, a real issue for, 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 for particularly for other generations who are used to seeing the soil, the, the fields looking square and uh, uniform colour in the autumn. Um, uh, and when we're when we're trying to look after our soil, of course, we're not exposing it. We're, we're trying to, to cover it with um, uh, with crops, with diverse rotations or, or, or with cover cropping um, and, and really just to, to not disturb it, not not to meddle with it and mess it up. So um, uh, how does it look? Well, I'll tell you what, it definitely looks a little bit more unkempt uh, through those winter months. Um, but it but it has it has massive, massive advantages as well. So um, uh, uh, we we were talking with a neighbouring farmer. Um, in November, it happened to be uh, one Friday when the heavens opened. Everything uh, <laughs> we had, we had all seasons in one day, uh, and we walked across a field that would normally be ankle deep in in in, in mud and and and, uh, and clay. And actually, it walked it walked incredibly well. And, and I know that's only an anecdotal thing, um, but it's really a, a great symptom of what's happening below the ground and how it's able to cope better with. Um, with, with the extreme weather conditions or the, or the increasingly extreme weather conditions that we get and, um, uh, and, and still produce. So, Yeah, and I really hear, Tom, that you're blending that, uh, that, that farmer gut instinct of noticing how the land feels and what's, what's different uh, and using existing science and new science to really produce your crops. John, let's bring this together. Can we put some financial values on what this can mean for growers? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, there, there are some obvious wins 
Tony, in, in many ways, depending on, on, on where you are and, 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 what, and what sort of techniques you're employing. But, you know, certainly we've seen where uh, we're using a, a more diverse rotation with low disturbance drilling and so forth. Actually, um, I would say our, our, our fuel consumption goes down because we're tending to use machinery that is, is, is a lot less, uh, that requires a lot less horsepower. We're using direct drills, that type of thing. So there's some, some easy wins there. Uh, and also, uh, Tom was talking about French sides. Certainly, I think one of the, the first areas we've seen is probably with herbicides, actually, if you're disturbing less soil uh, and particularly if you're able to, in, incorporate some of the longer term grassland type uh, um, uh, species within within it and, and that brings livestock in then there's really a you know a real reduction in, in the number of herbicides for things like black grass which has been a, obviously a, a big challenge for, for, for UK agriculture just like Tom I would I would concur that generally the yields probably that if we can keep them at, at a reasonable level similar to a more conventional traditional system that's good and I think then the costs really production are what are, are, are bringing the financial savings it, it's about that uh, saving in inputs really more than necessarily boosting huge yields and there's so much to talk about isn't there um with regards to this topic but if you were to uh, leave us today with one top tip that you'd like to offer to both agronomists and also farmers and growers in the UK let's start with you Tom what would that top tip be with regards to regen agriculture um it, it would be it would be relevant to regen agriculture and and beyond that is that the, the, there are some key key factors on my farm weather is one of them world markets are another one and then I'm the other one I, I can basically really screw things up uh, or, or set, set my farm up to be uh, to be as profitable as possible. I'm the difference. And, and actually, it's really, really important that we invest in ourselves. Um, now, that means um, obviously taking a bit of time out when we need to take a bit of time out. But it also means in in, in firing our grey matter and getting out there. There's loads of uh, uh, amazing things. Agri are doing some fantastic trials all over the country. Um, HDB, lots of other organisations providing different inputs. And it's great to get out, meet other farmers, um, get a bit of input uh, uh, and use that to, to energize yourself and kind of drive drive yourself on and, and, and to be inspired. And there's some great reading out there as well, I would say really. So really kind of don't be afraid to focus on yourself because you can really screw things up as a farmer or you can be the architect of your of your own successful future. Well, I really like the um, awe that you put in there, Tom. And uh, John, uh, from your perspective, what top tip would you like growers to think about right now with regards to this regen agriculture? I think every farmer really needs to think carefully about what they're doing and why they're doing it. Uh, I think they need to think carefully about how much they drive on the, on the soil. I, I would encourage every farmer to try and think of their field like their own own flower border in their garden and um, you know you've got to ask yourself why am I driving on it why am I cultivating it why am I doing this I think that's one of the first steps is 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 um, you know don't do recreational tillage thanks John and thank you also Tom for your time today and more importantly for sharing your incredibly valuable insights as to how you're putting regen agricultural techniques into play on farm. That's it for this podcast, but do tune in again as we meet the experts throughout the season, exploring the many immediate and longer-term questions for growers and farmers in the UK. If you have any questions that you'd like us to ask the experts, email info at agri.co.uk. See you next time.